does your faith in the world look like right now? The fact is, we know our faith shouldn't be in this world. Our faith shouldn't be in people or things. But when things really start to spin out of control, when we feel like we have lost the ability to control things, when we're facing not one major challenge, but two or three or or several, sometimes we kind of forget that controlling this world, ordering this world, ruling this world, it's not our job. And when chaos strikes, when the future seems uncertain, it tends to distract us from what we do have, where our faith should be, and how it is that we can have peace. This week has been yet another one of the many crazy weeks in the year 2020. I don't necessarily know every single specific thing that you're going through right now, but I know a lot of folks are dealing with sickness, job loss, grieving the loss of loved ones, family drama, fear of the future, disappointment, and all kinds of other things. What's going to happen with this pandemic? What's going to happen with this presidential election? What's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with our schools? What's going to happen in our churches? Psalm 4 is a psalm for what we're going through. The future in this country and in this world is uncertain, but here we have a psalm for it. Psalm 4 is right here in the pages of the scriptures to recalibrate our minds to focus on what we do have in the Lord, where our faith should be in the Lord, and how it is that we can have peace in the Lord. Let's read through the whole psalm together once, and, and then we'll talk about the significance of all of this piece by piece. Psalm 4 says this, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O sons of men, how long will my honor become a reproach? How long will you love what is worthless and aim at deception? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. The future in this world is always uncertain to a degree. When we're really feeling that uncertainty, though, when the level of uncertainty has risen to the point where it registers on each of our own individual radars, what do we do? We start seeking certainty, right? When we feel uncertainty, we start seeking certainty. Certainty. It only makes sense, right? We start trying to shore things up. We start trying to to do what we can to feel certain about today, certain about tomorrow, certain about our future. And this psalm walks us through how we can not only feel certain, but actually be certain about the future. First, we all need to be and can be certain in prayer. This psalm starts with words that identify it as a prayer, right? Verse 1 starts like this. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Hear that? He's addressing God. This is a prayer. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Last week, we highlighted what a wonderful thing it is that we have a Lord who listens. 
And don't you find that amazing? That the God of the universe, the God of all universes, the God of all creation, seen and unseen, hears us. Psalm 4, this psalm of David, should draw our attention to the fact that when we pray, the Lord not only has the ability and the willingness to hear us, but he actually acts on our behalf. He actually responds to our prayers. This should blow our minds every single time. Here's what I'm talking about. David's psalm here says, you have relieved me in my distress. Okay, the implication here is that God has helped David before. David is calling out to God because, as he acknowledges here, God has provided relief before. When we're right with the Lord, coming to him in, in full faith, not doubting, he not only hears us, but he answers us. And don't we all know that? I mean, chaos and uncertainty rule the day for us sometimes, but if we'll step back and clear our mind of all of that, don't we know that we have access to the one who created and set it all into motion? Don't we know that the one who is working in and through it all and is surprised by nothing in eternity, past, present, or future, hears us and answers us? We know that. We have that certainty. The specific details of how your family drama is going to work out, you don't know that. The specific details about how your illness is going to play out, we won't know until we know. The specific details of this country's future, nobody knows. The timeline for how long this world is going to keep spinning, we don't know. There will always be uncertainty when it comes to those kinds of details in this life. Colossians 3.2 reminds us to set your minds on the things that are above. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Don't let your joy or your contentment hinge on the things of this world. As Christians, our citizenship is in heaven. Set your minds there too. Don't get too hung up on the things of this world. One day we're all going to get a walk through gates that God built into a city that he planned, that he produced for his people. In the meantime, talk to him, pray to him, like David, call out to him, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. He's there for you. In uncertain times here on this old earth, we can be certain in prayer. This psalm also brings to mind the fact that we can be certain in righteousness. You know, righteous living has a way of taking away a lot of the worry. It has a way of relieving burdens. Righteous living gives us this peace and this confidence that we just don't have when we aren't striving on purpose to live righteously for God. Verse 2 said, O sons of man, how long will my honor become a reproach? How long will you love what is worthless and aim at deception? Psalm 139 tells us that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. You've, you've heard that. Genesis 1 tells us that God made us. He made us in his own image even, it tells us. We know that. We are God's special creation. He loves us so much that he sent his only son to save us. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Look, I don't mean to puff any of us up, but we're pretty special to God. So I'm concerned just like David is in my own life and in your life, how long will our honor become reproach? That's how David puts it there in verse 2. We've been fearfully and wonderfully made by God in his own image, and he loves us more than we can even understand. How long will we ruin that honor? 
that value that God has given us with unrighteous living. You see, when we're uncertain about the future, the future of our finances or our kids' school or our our country's leadership or our physical health, the last thing that we need to do is then put the future of our eternity in jeopardy. Yet, when uncertainty strikes, what do most people focus on? I tell you, it usually isn't on it usually is not on what is most important. Most people don't say, you know, well, it looks like it might be a rough ride here, so I probably better strengthen my relationship with God. I I probably better draw closer to Christ. I probably better memorize some scripture to help me get through this with my focus on the Lord. No, instead, we're often guilty of turning our focus toward where uh, David's psalm uh, calls things worthless and deception. That's what it says there in the the second half of verse 2. How long will you love what is worthless and aim at deception? Don't we do this sometimes? Don't we cling to things that hold no eternal value? Don't we strive toward things that we might call deception? Things that are like a a mirage. We, We might call it false hope. We turn to bad habits. We turn to worry. We turn to wealth. We turn to power. These things are worthless and deception. Don't love these things, Christian. Don't aim for these things. I know it's not easy, but can we keep it simple like Jesus told us to? He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. When things are uncertain here on earth, we can be certain in righteousness. And verse 3 of this prayer reminds us that there is nothing more important than being certain in salvation. The psalm here says, But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Now, when are we set apart as one who is for God himself? Okay, you, you may be wondering, how is this referring to salvation? I don't know if David's talking about salvation here. Well, he may not be. But for us, what's the application here? When are we set apart today for God? When does God set us apart? Okay, none of us are being anointed by the Lord like David was to be king, to be ruler over his people. But how are we set apart by God today? When do we belong to him and when is it that he is the one who actually makes us go from uh, serving sin and being enslaved to, to sin and the devil? When, does, when do we turn? When does he take us and then make us now belong to him? Oh, when we obey the gospel. When we obey the gospel, he adds us to his church. He adds us to those who are being saved. In Acts chapter 2, we know that thousands received the gospel message. They were baptized and added by the Lord to his church. They were set apart into a special group of people, right? And those who were being added to the church were described as those whom God was saving. When the Lord sets us apart for himself, we can be certain even when the future is uncertain here on earth. We talk all the time about the Apostle Paul's missionary journeys, his persecutions, his imprisonments, the many times that he was put in situations where he had no idea what the outcome would be. And he wrote these words in Romans chapter 8, verse 18 for us. He said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Listen, nobody is saying that we won't notice or shouldn't notice when life is hitting us hard or when the future seems uncertain. 
Of course, when a, when a child is sick or when we're sick or when we face downsizing at work or a worldwide pandemic or an uncertain election process, we're going to notice that. We're going to feel that. We're going to have to respond to that. We're going to have to do something in many of those cases. But isn't it amazing to know that, that all the uncertainties we've ever faced in our life or ever will face, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's going to get pretty hard here on this earth at times, but when we belong to the Lord, when He has set us apart for Himself, it is certain that our eternal future is better than our temporary present. The wonderful glory of living in that holy city for all eternity isn't worthy to even compare to what we might face on this earth. You can be certain of that. Don't lose sight of the glory to come. When the future is uncertain here on earth, we can be certain in salvation. Verses 4 and 5 call to mind another way uh, to be certain when the future is uncertain. As Christians, those whom God is saving, we can and should be certain in obedience. Certain in obedience. Verses 4 and 5 say, Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Those who belong to God should be living in obedience, doing what makes God happy, doing what God commands, doing what pleases Him, doing what brings Him the honor and the glory that He deserves. David's psalm here says, Tremble and do not sin. The phrase here that's translated as tremble in the New American Standard Bible, it can be translated as tremble, quake, rage, quiver, be agitated, be excited, be perturbed. That's quite a variety, but they're all emotions, right? They are all emotional responses to things that happen to us, situations we experience, maybe even in the event of an uncertain future here on earth. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the knee-jerk, instant, emotional response that wells up within us, Scripture says, do not sin. Obey, right? That's what it's telling us. Obey. Don't sin. Obey. Maybe instead of fearing an uncertain future, instead of trembling, instead of being agitated, maybe we need to tremble just a little bit more at the thought of the greatness of God. Maybe that'll help. The Bible definitely makes a connection point for us between a healthy, respectful fear of God and obedience. Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, The conclusion when everything has been heard is fear God and keep His commandments. Because this applies to every person. Fear God and keep His commandments. When you love God, when you have a real relationship with Him, when you really respect Him for who He is, when you fear God in this way, You'll keep his commandments. You will, you will be obedient. The psalm here goes on to say, meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. We need to meditate rather than let a quick emotional response cause us to sin, cause us to disobey. We need to think deeply about situations that are tempting us to sin. And we need to meditate upon the great God that we have who can and wants to help us through hard times. Help us when times are scary. Help us through uncertain times. 
When we're facing an uncertain future, we can't let the fear of that uncertainty dominate our thoughts and keep us from leading a life that is obedient to God. We need to tremble and do not sin. Meditate and be still before Him. Offer sacrifices of righteousness and trust Him completely. In Romans 12, 1, Paul tells us, Present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Our entire life, the way we conduct our affairs on this earth, every bit of it is supposed to be for His purposes. We're supposed to be living holy sacrifices. This is commanded by God. This is acceptable to God. This is what God calls worship. Obedience, sacrificing our will for His, gives us the certainty that we are living a life acceptable and pleasing to Him. When we're uncomfortable or uneasy or afraid of something that we're facing in this life, uncertain of how it might go, uncertain of how, it, it, how bad it just might get, we want something to hold on to, don't we? We want something steady. We want something sustaining. We want something that says you're doing what you can. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Is there anything more certain, anything more reassuring than doing that which pleases God? When the future is uncertain, I pray that we find certainty in obedience. And now finally, verses 6 through 8 show us that we can be certain in God's blessing. We can be certain in God's blessing. Verses 6 through 8 said, Many are saying, Who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. Who will show us any good? What are they saying there? Who can, who can help us? Who can deliver us? Who will take care of us? When, when we're uncertain about the future right now. Who will bless us and help us through this? David answers that question with his request. Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. Translation, smile upon us, God. Look on us with kindness. Lord, bless us. Verse 7, he said, you've put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and new wine abound. David, like all of us, had been so blessed by God, so filled with gladness in his heart because of God. It was better than any physical harvest, better than any bumper crop, finer than any abundance of new wine. These were the things that, that would have brought gladness to the hearts of most people, of those even without God. Those who in despair cry out, who will show us any good? But none of that compared to the abundant gladness that was in David's heart because of his relationship with God and the blessing he experienced in him. It's easy to get caught up in all the thoughts and the commentary around the uncertainty of the future with the, the pandemic and our government and the division that we're seeing. It's easy to become one of those who are saying, who will show us any good? And that is just when we need to pause, take a step back, take a big, deep breath, and remember how God has blessed you. Count your blessings, huh? Remember the, the gladness that God puts in your heart. It's better than anything the world chases after, anything the world values. God's blessing is certain for his people, and that certainty is what we need when the future is uncertain. This psalm ends with verse 8 saying this, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. 
This is the the perfect way to end this prayer. Throughout the psalm, we've seen all these wonderful reminders that should put our mind at ease when what we're naturally inclined to do is stress out. (laughs) We've seen all these great ways uh, where we as Christians can be certain when the world around us is as uncertain as ever. And then the last two lines of this psalm remind us of the ultimate peace that we have in God. Paul would later describe the peace of God in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 as peace that is beyond all comprehension and as a, a peace that guards our hearts and our minds. In peace, we can lie down and sleep, knowing that God and God alone can, will, and does protect us. This psalm, like last week, is definitely a psalm for what we're going through. We're all facing an uncertain future. So much going on in our individual lives, but then add to it this pandemic, the political landscape, the public division. But as Christians, we can be certain in prayer, certain in righteousness, certain in salvation, certain in obedience, and certain in God's blessing. I want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions about how to become a Christian, how to be saved, how to have a reconciled relationship with God, I want to encourage you to go to our church website, liberty-christian.com. Liberty-christian.com. And in the menu section there, uh, click on the good news. And you will have the good news laid out for you in an easy-to-read format. You can read it there in a text format. You can check it out there in a video format. You can check it out there in a slideshow format. But it's all just the basics, just the necessities, only the things that we need to know right now, the things that God says are life and death. Believe this and live. Do this and be saved. Don't do this and be condemned. Those kinds of things, those things that God makes abundantly clear in his word are necessities, are things that we have to do before we are considered saved in his mind. Those things are laid out for you right there on that page. And if after going through all that, you have further questions, I encourage you to reach out to us. We will give you Bible answers. You can also go to facebook.com and and look at my ministry page and, and reach out to me, Jake Brown Ministry. That's the name of the page on Facebook, Jake Brown Ministry. Reach out to me there with your, your Bible questions, your questions about uh, salvation or, or anything else. I'm happy uh, to try to help you in your journey.